Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Acts. Today is episode 276. We're looking at Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 34. Let's read our passage. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains came loose. When the jailer woke up and saw the doors of the prison standing open, he drew his sword and was going to kill himself, since he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul called out in a loud voice, Don't harm yourself, because we're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He escorted them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him, along with everyone in his house. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. Right away he and all his family were baptized. He brought them into his house, set a meal before them, and rejoiced because he had come to believe in God with his entire household. This is the second missionary journey with Paul and Silas. And they are in Philippi. They had encountered the slave girl who followed them around for a few days, proclaiming, these are servants of the Most High God, and they're proclaiming a way of salvation. Which sounds like free advertising, except it just confused things, because those words didn't mean anything to people in Philippi. Because the only people that would really mean something to would be Jews. And we've already seen there just weren't many Jews in Philippi when they went to the place of prayer where the Jewish people gathered. It, it was just women there. There were no men. Even the, the primary woman they encountered, Lydia, wasn't even a Jew herself. She was a God-fearer. So apparently there's just not a lot of Jews in Philippi. And so those words don't mean much to a non-Jewish person. The Most High God. Well, for someone steeped in the Old Testament, you understand the Most High God, who is Yahweh, the Creator, the one true God. But for someone in the pagan area of Philippi, it doesn't mean anything. There's gods all over the place. And similarly, this idea of the way of salvation. In the Jewish mindset, understanding salvation is one thing. You understand you're a sinner before God, and how are your sins taken care of? But in the, the pagan land of, of Philippi, those words just don't have any meaning. So Paul had enough of this servant girl fortune teller bothering him, and he cast the demon out of her. And along with that, cast out the prophet from her owner. So there was uh, accusations. They dragged Paul and Silas in before the, the town leaders and had three basic accusations. One, that they were Jews. So whatever that means. I guess can't trust them. They were upsetting the city and they were promoting practices that were unlawful for Romans to adopt or practice. And because of that, they were then flogged and thrown into jail. So that's where we pick it up in verse 25. So about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. So we don't know how many prisoners are in this jail, but they're listening to Paul and Silas pray and sing hymns. They've been beaten severely. 
they're now locked in stocks. That is, their feet are in these uh, big clamps, and they're probably chained to a wall. It's a pretty miserable existence, but they're singing hymns and praying, and they've got an audience with all the other prisoners that are there. Verse 26, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the jail were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains came loose. So earthquakes are common in that area, but uh, earthquakes don't open the doors of jails and uh, release everyone from their chains. But this earthquake did. So obviously this is an act of God here to specifically release Paul and Silas. But notice it says everyone's chains came loose. So the implication there is everyone in the jail now, the door is flung open, and their chains come off. They're released from these stocks that they're locked in. Everyone's got an open path to the door. And you would think everyone would escape. But verse 27. When the jailer woke up and saw the doors of the prison standing open, he drew his sword and was going to kill himself since he thought that the prisoners had escaped. Jailer's personally responsible for keeping the prisoners and um, in the Roman world, the, the penalty of allowing prisoners to escape uh, quite often was death, and a pretty brutal death. Assumed he was about to die, and probably a very gruesome death at the hands of Roman soldiers, so he was going to kill himself as the honorable way out. But verse 28, Paul called out in a loud voice, Don't harm yourself because we're all here. Again, the assumption that Paul didn't say, Silas and I are both here. We are all here. Where before it had said, everyone's chains came loose. So the the implication here is that all the prisoners have actually been released from their chains. All the doors of the jail are wide open, but nobody has escaped. Now, Luke just doesn't tell us a lot. There's a lot we'd like to know. We'd like to see this on YouTube, but uh, we're only given what we have here. Did Paul and Barnabas say to everyone, everyone stay put, don't go anywhere? Were everybody so impressed with Paul and Silas that they want to stay with them because of the singing hymns and the prayers? Did they recognize this was an act by the God that Paul and Silas follow? We don't know, but the the implication here is that all the prisoners have actually been released from their chains, but none of them have left. Verse 29, the jailer called for lights, rushed in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He escorted them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, it's not really part of the story, but we wonder, did he secure the other prisoners? <laughs> I would assume he did, but that's that's really not the point of the story. And the point of the story isn't so much the salvation of Paul and Silas here from their predicament. It's the the Lord's validation of their testimony through a miraculous act so that they can now present the gospel to the jailer. So when the jailer says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? It's, it's speculation as to what he actually means. Again, we, in our understanding, from a, a, the Judeo-Christian understanding, we would say, what must I do to be saved? Mean, what must I do to be put in a right 
relationship with God? How will my sins be taken care of? Now, is he asking, what can I do to save my life since there's been a jailbreak? Well, it really hasn't been a jailbreak. Nobody escaped. Everyone is still there. And as far as ending his life, Paul stopped him from killing himself. So what does he actually mean? We, we don't know. Has he heard the stories of the slave girl who was going around proclaiming these men are proclaiming a way of salvation? Perhaps he heard the, the, the prayers and the singing of hymns in the jail. And, and so has an inkling of, of what it's about. We really don't know what he means. But that's not the important thing here, even, because the answer Paul gives is the answer he needs. It may not be the answer to his question, but it's the answer he needs. Because what must you do to be saved? Well, you got to get right with God. Not only comes through forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. So verse 31, they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. So, regardless of what he meant with what must I do to be saved, Paul and Silas tell him, in order to be saved, you must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, you and your household. Now, he doesn't say, if you believe, your household will be saved. It's, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. That's the answer for you. That's the answer for everyone in your household. Verse 32, And they spoke the word of the Lord to him, along with everyone in his house. So, everyone hears the gospel. There is no uh, proxy salvation. Nobody gets saved because somebody else has heard the gospel. Everyone hears the gospel. So, Paul and Silas proclaim the gospel to the jailer, but also to everyone in his household. Verse 33. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. Right away, he and his family were baptized. He brought them into his house, set a meal before them, and rejoiced because he had come to believe in God with his entire household. So we see him now acting with mercy, mercy toward Paul and Silas, washing their wounds, feeding them, inviting them into his home. So we see a a change that takes place as he's come to faith. The change we see in people as they come to faith is different. It's not just one size fits all. Some people immediately uh, proclaim the the wonders of God in in different languages as prompted by the Holy Spirit. Others, um, it's immediate joy. Uh, others, it's running and telling others. So, um, but here we see acts of hospitality, charity, mercy. Some say, okay, here he washes their wounds, and then he and his family are baptized, so he washed and was washed. He washed the wounds of Paul and Silas, and they washed away his sins in baptism. You can make all kinds of comments there. But here we see God at work providing a miracle, not just to release Paul and Silas, but to authenticate their message and provide the miraculous event so that the jailer and his household can come to faith. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the book of Acts.